Hey, do you feel like you can pronounce the name so authentically? No, no I don't think I. No, no, I did. I did hear Bruce to say it in uh, uh, BBC Radio. Mm-hmm. Well, it t- it's taken me such a long time to even feel reasonably confident that I'm possibly saying her own name right. That like, yeah. <laughs> I need another while before I get comfortable with any individual two names. <laughs> I'm I'm going by um, the. Uh, uh, enjoy your piping interview. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. When I uh, when I first started listening to the reeling, which has been years ago now, it's so weird to think that way because it still all feels so new. You know, in my mind, it was like something like Bregada, Bregada, Brigada. You know, like <laughs> very like I was in my in my mind. I was definitely like uh like over like lingo exoticizing the name in a big way. You know. Um, hearing people she, confidently pronounce it the way it's supposed to be sounds much more like air quotes normal to me, you know? <laughs> she came to the Piper's Gathering, I think it was 2019, mm. uh, as an instructor. And uh, I I went to the concert and was talking to um, uh, Will Woodson afterwards. Oh, yeah. and, and I think he pronounced it Brigida. Hmm. So I don't and know how how w- correct that is. Will Woodson, there's, there's another amazing person. Do you have you has going to the Piper's Gathering been something pretty regular for you? Now that it's in Connecticut, definitely. I yeah. actually this year will be the first year I'm actually a student. Mm-hmm. I'm all signed up and and looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone to the concert uh, most years since it's been in Connecticut. That's so cool, man. That's a uh, it feels like a, a a pilgrimage for me that I want to make someday and <laughs> get over there for that. I'm very jealous of all y'all New England small pipers all hanging out in a cool club over there. <laughs> yeah. The uh the maybe maybe tell me about uh maybe let's let's talk about piping for you in general here where well actually, you know, since we just came we'll, we've just been coming off of that track. Maybe first let's kind of jump ahead to some 3d printing stuff and then we'll move backward tell me about what you were playing in that track that we were listening to as we came into the episode so i i started designing um illin drones from some measurements i got from david day's website mm. and sort of morphed that into took took uh the d base drone and extended it and made an a bass drone playing mm. playing 55 hertz a1 oh, way down there oh yeah and we, I had to make we, we thought the, we thought the ill and d was already low it gets lower <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah had to make a new read and i i guess i think i got lucky because everything worked out mm. and it it sounds great um, I, lo- so I, I added love that, that sound yeah i added that to my um Mike Dow, small pipes in A, and pl- actually, I I 3D printed a, a mainstock mm-hmm. and a blowpipe and tied it all into a bag. Um, made everything the same size as my Dow pipes, so I could interchange. So I got four drones going: the the A1, A2 from the Dow set, mm-hmm. and E3. And a three. That's so cool, man. 
That is so cool. I love that deep rumbly bass. What a cool sound. And that um I've seen some stuff from you on social media. So tell me if I'm remembering wrong, but if I remember right that that super duper low bass drone is a combination of 3D printed parts and copper tubing. Uh brass tubing. Brass tubing. Yeah, I I early on I I didn't want to deal with um trying to make 3d printed uh tuning chambers mm. smooth enough to really work yeah so i decided just to line those in brass mm-hmm. and then um i think i broke a couple of tuning pins mm. uh so i sort of inset into the the main body and lined the outside of the tuning pin with brass to strengthen it mostly yeah where did um like you you and I are both members of some like it's like if there's a Venn diagram of like <laughs> expensive uh time consuming uh niche hobbies one of them is bagpipes and the other one is 3D printing and they do intersect there are there are there's people out there <laughs> who do this you know like enough that there's like Facebook clubs and stuff like that uh where did where did the 3d printing thing start for you and was it always with the intention of making musical instruments or is there other ways that you that you do that hobby it was always with the intention of making uh drones at least um i i had a or i have a a chanter from david day Mm. a penny chanter Mm -hmm. illin pipe chanter and sort of have been putting it into my small pipes and blocking up the drones because I can never get the small pipe drones to work with the chanter very well mm. and just messing around with it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a set of villain drones and David Day had the, the measurements and I figured, hey, I can design uh, the 3D printed parts to these measurements. Yeah. And so I... Uh, the first bagpipe thing I printed was the print and play... Um, Lindsay system chanter oh totally uh, yeah and and then oh well before that i i didn't have a printer mm-hmm. but i had this design and so i contacted our local library which has a printer and, and a service to print things right um just for material costs uh so i contacted them and they said yeah we could we could print that file for you and then I was talking to um, who person who became the pipe major of my band. Uh, it turns out he had a printer in his basement that he doesn't use much, and uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, well, you can take this for the summer." Nice. That's a, that was that's that was really summer twenty twenty two. Yeah, he hasn't gotten it back yet. It's not back yet. <laughs> Well, you're putting it to really good use. I I feel like um, the influence of that print and play Lindsay System Chanter, uh, like visually, is evident in some of the stuff that you've made as far as drones go. Like very like geometrical. Um, maybe maybe the sound holes are a similar shape. Is that is that right, or is that just a coincidence? Um. So, I I had a design with square bores, and actually the the folded. Um, the the base drone and and anything where I've got a folded bore, uh, the bores are square. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I do remember seeing like some of them looked like 
definitely the outside profile was square, but I had assumed that it probably was like, eh, it's easy to grab and, you know, move up and down uh, for tuning. And it's also kind of a, it's kind of a, a bold visual choice, you know, I didn't realize the yeah. interior would be square as well. No, definitely. Um, and that's because it, it prints. If you've got like a diamond shape mm. that, that you're, um, turning 180 degrees so at the bottom it's a point yeah and at the top it's a point Mm -hmm. that will print with with less overhang so the shape is truer gotcha gotcha that makes sense the um the the experiments you know do they do they are, are they uh are they ongoing in a very active way or have you kind of like gone through a highly experimental phase and are at this point kind of like zeroing in on, on very specific things? I guess maybe what I'm asking too is like, is that printer running every day <laughs> or have you at this point kind of made the stuff you're playing with and it's, it only runs every once in a while? I definitely have things that I want to yeah. change, but, um, I recently haven't really found a lot of time to put into printing. So mm. uh, the last thing I printed was a didgeridoo with a model oh, awesome. that I found. Yeah. <clears throat> what the, uh, where did um sort of like the, I mean, the, some, some design experience, or, well, I should say modeling experience, I guess, is, yeah. is certainly helpful when it comes to this stuff. Have you, had you oh, yeah. done other kind of uh, sculpting, modeling, that kind of stuff previous to trying the 3D printer? Yes, absolutely. Mm. I I'm an engineer, and um, mm. all the way through high school took drafting, and and ran out of classes to take. Oh, yeah. So so I set up the helped set up the the CAD um, lab mm. for my high school, and cool. did some work for professors in college. Where you know it's not. It's not a given that an engineer knows how to solid model or draft. Mm-hmm. And so I was one of the the engineers who did. So I did some design work for professors in college and then got a job designing tools after college. Nice. We're working with 3D modeling. Um, so. Like uh, industry niche specific kind of tools or... Uh... Yes, uh, okay. ma- holding fixtures for machines mm. to to hold aircraft parts or engine parts mm, to gotcha. to uh, mills and lathes and that sort of thing. It's not super far off from the for how I ended up with the printer that's sitting in front of me right now. That uh, you know, my close friend in high school was very into the drafting classes, took everything he could, and ended up that ended up just kind of setting the pace for his career and and. Uh, and this printer that's sitting in front of me also was purchased specifically to make bagpiping stuff. Like that was, that was the purpose right from the beginning. So the, um, so that, so I can see that stream running, run it, coming, coming toward me, you know, as to how that all came about. But then what about the bagpiping side of things? When did bagpiping start for you? Do you remember the first time you ever heard a, a, a set of pipes? Yes, it was the Tannehill Weavers. Oh, awesome. a recording of the Tannehill Weavers yeah. in, in English class in high school. Oh. 
And from there, like, was it immediately you had to find someone to teach you or uh, had you already known somebody who played? How how did your first sort of first set um, of pipes come to you and how did your first days of learning happen? Yeah, I didn't know anybody that played. Mm. I I did some research and, and found out, you know, how a bagpipe worked and it was intriguing that you know, wind instrument where the sound doesn't stop when you take a breath. Yeah. And um sort of at the time uh most of the piping was the, the military style competition, very precise. And that that appealed to me because you know, I was sort of a budding engineer i was gonna say because you're an engineer yeah that makes sense (laughs) the precision (laughs) yeah and and then uh transitions in like in the Tannehill weavers um set or or competition sets where where the tempo and maybe key morphs into the next tune Mm. that sort of was fascinating and like i i want to do that Mm. You know, where where make somebody's foot go, wait a second, what's going on now? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, I got it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And hey. so so I got right after no, right before I graduated high school, I got a, a Pakistani made practice channer, which was just fine. I mean it, it, it functioned for you? Oh yeah. And a cassette tape and a book yeah, to learn. Classic, gotcha. I started can... teaching myself. I can see in my mind's eye exactly what uh, kit you ended up with. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you started learning by yourself. Was there any like like I have a good friend Tyler who who he started t- teaching himself and he ended up with his right hand on top and left hand on bottom, even though he's right-handed and had to kind of relearn. Did you have any kind of serious rewiring to do later on once you got with a pipe band or anything like that? No, I I think. I think it's it's intuitive to put your hands that way because more than one person has has grabbed a practice channer and had their hands that way. Yeah. And I think I probably did it and then, you know, read the book and said, Oh wait, that's not right and mm. and fixed it, you know, right away. Um so well, I don't how, know why. how soon was it that you ended up with a, you know, with a, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you did end up with a, like a typical competition pipe band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I changed colleges, um, and found a pipe band in, uh, let's see, a year and a half after I started. Mm. I had gotten, I had gotten, uh, uh, bagpipes galore, um, like a practice chanter and, and little brass drones. Oh yeah, I have. That's actually still the practice chanter I use today. My my bag kind of fell apart, and I don't actually know if I still have the little brass drones. But um, you know, the mouthpiece and and chanter yeah. would go together. That's that's like my main practice chanter still. I've had that little yeah. that little setup for years. Yeah. So I got one of those, and I was learning just. Um, tunes that i found sheet music for mm-hmm. online before i got to the band so, and then oh I, re- I remember once i was so i was going to school in chicago mm. and i would find little corners to to practice and i was at a train station waiting for a train to go out 
to the suburbs to on the weekend. And a piper followed the sound of my practice chanter and uh-huh. found me sitting sitting over in a corner mm-hmm. and uh said, Hey, I should said that I should keep up the good work. And, mm-hmm. uh, but they they liked hearing practice chanters. So that was pretty cool. Did they but, did they offer any kind of like, hey, do you know there's a pipe band nearby or anything like that, or was it more like this I, mysterious figure out of the out of the mist and then they disappeared again? Basically, a mysterious figure out of the mist yeah. and disappeared again. <laughs> well, at least it was a mysterious figure that gave encouragement. <laughs> yeah. So so then uh, when you did join the join a pipe band, did that coincide with taking like direct lessons with the uh, with the pipe major or anything like that? No, um, I, the, well, there was group lessons, mm. um, sort of before the main practice that was taught by, you know, some of the better players. Um, so I did that for a while and, and got a set of Highland pipes and I, it must've been about a year with the band. Uh, and then I was, uh, teaching the the beginner class Mm. after about a year with the band and so it was about 1999 that i started with the band and um 2001 we went to the world pipe band championships Mm. and between there i was playing open mics at bars in my college town and lots and lots of parades that's super cool though to I mean it feels to me like a pretty uh a pretty direct run from joining a band to being at the championships. Do you look back at that as being like kind of a breakneck speed exhilarating kind of kind of moment or did it, you know, did it just feel normal cuz it's what you knew at the point at that time, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I look back and it didn't it doesn't seem breakneck. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Now looking at the dates, it's like it does, but mm-hmm. um, remembering how it felt, it didn't didn't feel odd. I mean, it's not like we won the championships or anything. Yeah, we well, beat, yeah, what, we what, beat the other Chicago band that was there. That's all that counts, really, right? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what band? What's the name of the band that you? And is it the same band you still play with now, or? Um, I'm not in Chicago anymore, so no, I, the name of the band is the Tunes of Glory. Mm. That's a cool band name. I, I, I feel bad I hadn't heard it before, but, uh, that's a pretty unique, uh, format for a name. Yeah. Um, I think it was a Alec Guinness movie. Mm. I don't remember. Tunes of Glory might've been the name of the movie. I probably should have done done some research on that. Oh well, I've been uh, I've been kind of uh, scrolling through your your social media, and I did find some photos, kind of a kind of a throwback thing that uh, I think it was somebody else had posted it, but that they tagged you in it, and uh, it looked like a fun trip, little little group of friends, and it seemed like every photo, whether you guys were recreating or competing, somebody had their pipes out, so it must have been pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, I we took a drive through Glencoe mm. and uh, got the pipes out at the, the visitor center in Glencoe. Mm. So then, then, when oh, go ahead. I um, the guys that I went to Glencoe with dropped me off at a train station, and then they went on. 
uh-huh. and played played icy mall on on the ferry to mall. Mm. Very very classic. That's <laughs> that's got to be like one of the like mini bucket list things for any piper, especially any piper who lives outside of Scotland. You know, Highland piper. I mean, of course, to go to the places that are mentioned in tune names that we've all been yeah. playing for years and years you know like yeah this is the sound of slate <laughs> you know get that song out you know and the what else cave, cave of enchantment and stuff like that right but um when I, I feel like and you know maybe this isn't the case for you it's not the case for everybody but if it it seems to me like usually the case is that if you start with highland pipes it'll be a little while before you start to kind of become aware of or even just have your brain open to the possibility that there are other kinds of bagpipes in the world. Um, do you remember at what point you started getting small pipe curious? Or was that right oh, right from the beginning? That was pretty much from the beginning. I yeah. don't remember exactly when I found out about Bella's Pipes, but it was it was at least when I got to the band, if not a little before. Mm. Um, but it was... Uh, sort of just a a dream and research obsession because Bella's pipes were I mean they were established in in ninety nine two thousand mm-hmm. um, but not nearly as common yeah um, so I was I was keeping an eye on on the the early makers like uh, uh, you know the Hamish Moore right and, yeah. The uh, okay, I can't help. I heard that. Was that a high A doubling? Was your is your notification tone? <laughs> um, I it was a burl. I think. Oh, was it a burl? Yeah. I'm I'm just pitching it wrong the way it came through. <laughs> that's that's great, man. Uh, so has the has the competitive Highland piping remained a thing for you throughout ever since you know since it became a thing for you or did you do the kind of phasing in and out of Highland piping to small piping etc well uh, so okay in 2001 the year before I went to the world uh, no wait 2001 was the year I went to the world 2002 the year after, mm-hmm. I went to the Piper's Gathering. It was in Vermont at that time. Yeah. And I drove drove across Ontario from Michigan. And uh, on the way out, I, I stopped at Niagara Falls and then went up, up the, the Great Lake there in New York. Mm. And it was just a... Like, I didn't sign up. I, I, I paid the, the spectator um, fee and camped mm-hmm. nearby to just just watch and talk to some pipe makers and got a picture of me holding a set of Mike Dow small pipes hmm. as inspiration I was for, say, for, your, for your vision board right <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so that was that was that was the first time I'd I'd held uh, a bellows yeah um and so after I graduated, I sort of bounced around to a couple of different bands um, as I was looking for a, a permanent or, you know, a career job. Yeah. Uh, and ended up in West Virginia. And I, I played with a band in Pittsburgh for mm. 
a little while. It it got to be a too much too much of a drive. Mm. But I played there long enough to be on their CD as one of the pipes playing Amazing Grace. Oh, Nothing nice! Special, but no, that's pre- that's and, pretty cool though. And I I played small pipes at their um their Burns Night mm. uh, fundraiser too. And at that point, was it um, exclusively Scottish small pipes, or at what point did the Illin pipes start scoot, scooting into your your yeah. uh, your repertoire? That was uh, later. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I so I got I got the job in West Virginia, and about my first check went up to to Maine to Mike Dow, so I could get the small pipes. That that's a great way to use your first check. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. So then, and, what about the what about singing? You know, is that also a fairly recent thing or was that something like right from the beginning? You're like, great bellows freeze up my mouth to make more music. <laughs> and no, that that was I was practicing for the church service and playing the very simple uh, tune and, and had learned the song first mm. and then learned the tune. So it kind of. As I was practicing, I found out that, oh, hey, I can sing while I'm mm. playing. I could, before that, trying to play more complicated things, it was it was a an impossibility to even talk. Oh, I hear you for sure. <laughs> I can I can nod. Yeah, but I I I wish that there was video of the first time I tried playing with bellows. I just I I forgot to breathe sometimes. You know, it just took so much focus just to just to keep all that going. Yeah. Uh, now, now the um, this this is kind of a this is kind of a a hard left turn, but I did see a while ago, and I can't remember now if this was your plan for this summer or next. But you're gonna be end up in in my neck of the woods, hitting some of the parks over here. Um, oh, Zion, yeah. Capitol Reef, Canyonlands, Arches. Was yeah. Arches on your list? You gonna hit Arches? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's one of my favorites personally. Um, so what, is that part of your life too? Are you an outdoorsy kind of guy? Has that been a constant or is, is this like a, or is this a midlife crisis, uh, a trip? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, kind of neither. This yeah. is, this is a, uh, I've got a fourth grader next summer. Oh, gotcha. So we get in free to the national parks. So there that's, you go. that's what, what has that. And, uh, my wife has some fond memories of when she was three and went to uh mesa verde oh yeah so i've been trying to get for i don't know 12 years or something i've been trying to get to that area of the country to see see the sights this is how you get the fourth grader to pay to to earn their keep (laughs) by getting you into the parks (laughs) yep uh, well, that, that's super cool. Um, I'm hoping for some some very surreal photos of weirdly shaped 3D printed bagpipes being played from atop like Red Rock and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. What else? Uh, what else takes up your time when you're not piping and 3D print experimenting and engineering stuff? Uh, what else takes up your time and your energy? Um, the kid. Yeah. Uh, sure. My my wife recently. Uh, had a well we've got a dog and and she had some puppies mm. so um i i redid the floor upstairs in the puppy room a few times so mm. doing housework and uh 
the latest thing is to put up a, a shade in the back off the uh, off the sliding glass door mm. so the dogs can hang out without being burned. <laughs> is is there a, is there any intention to find other homes for the puppies, or do you think you'll just go ahead and be a 101 Dalmatian situation? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. The, we, we kept one, and the yeah. rest of them have, have new homes. Gotcha. The... Um, the did, has the gigging continued consistently like do you get, still go pick up you know gigs wherever you can to just kind of side side stuff i donated um an hour of piping actually to to um my church auction um so those church auctions um, man you 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 might start intending to donate one hour but they always turn into two then three then four yeah, the first year I did one, and that went so well that I decided to do two units uh, yeah. in the second year. Is it? Am I? Would I be wrong to, in my imagination, just imagine that you uh, go to like the the most picturesque um, New England uh, style, uh, you know, like country church kind of thing? Um, th- that would not be true because I have a I have a very like very like uh, like semi semi-fictional fantasy kind of like a uh, impossible vision of like new England. That's really much like my mythical imagination of what the British Isles are like. <laughs> yeah. The, my church has solar panels on the roof. Hey, and, dang. Uh, a, a Modern. fairly new uh, addition. You know, the building started smaller than it is now. Yeah. Do you feel like the congregation is at a point where they, are excited to get you to play your pipes for things. They tolerate it. They've accepted this is just something they're going to have to deal with as long as you're there. Or do you ever get any kind of active pushback? No, pretty excited. There's, That's good. <laughs> there's a monthly uh, open mic uh, mm. coffee house that I usually go to yeah. and play a set. I'm definitely going to take the, um, the, the haunting there with yeah. the double bass drone. It sounds so cool. Is that at, at this point? Are you usually when you do stuff like that, the open mic or stuff for the church and stuff? Is there usually at least some element of your instrument setup that has come off of your printer, or do you ever go back to just the you know the small pipes as they were when you purchased the original set? Um. Well, last time I was there, it was just the small pipes mm. from Mike Dow. Um. I did play my C pipes once there. Yeah, but le- the last time I was I was doing a, a duet with with the actually the same uh, person that that I have the three D printer from he he bought a set of Mike Dow small pipes too, mm. and so we've been uh, having fun playing together. You're setting trends over there. <laughs> Somebody owes you some commission on those uh, on those small pipe sales. <laughs> well, actually, um, I I got. I, I don't know if you've seen uh, his bellows where where the the sleeve um, protector so that you know your sleeve doesn't go into the intake. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little cast bronze. Um, oh yeah, it's super thing. cool. It, it looks it looks very like steampunk to me. Like it's very like like a fancy little like cover cage yeah, thing. It's yeah. got it's got heart shapes around the yeah. circle. I have seen that. It looks so classy. So he at one point was making belt buckles mm. out of the same mold. And 
when when uh, my pipe major was talking to him and sent him a video of the two of us playing uh, Jenny Nettles. And the the pipe maker, Mike Dow, sent me... Well, he was going to send me a belt, but I said I don't really wear those sorts of belts with mm. belt buckles. And so that he sent me just a casting without the belt buckle stuff on the back. Mm. And that is going on to uh, a leather top hat that I bought. Oh, that'll look cool. That'd be a really cool coordination between your instrument and your getup, man. And that 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 protector is such a good idea too. I aside from getting my sleeve sucked into the intake valve on on my bellows, I also like way too often end up making uh, unintentional fart sounds <laughs> with my arm because you know, especially after playing for a little while, you perspire a little bit, and then if my forearm lays over that, you just get this little. <laughs> Which sometimes it blends into the drones well enough you wouldn't know, but not always. So. Yeah. The the fourth grader has come down to say good morning. Oh, right on. Uh, how 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 thoroughly have you convinced the fourth grader to become a piper in in short Hello. order? <laughs> Hello. They are a drummer. Oh well, that works too. Yes. That's that's um, the the rights of manipulating a, a a person's future. You know, you can choose if you're going to make them an exact copy of yourself, or if you're going to make them do the things you need to to, to accompany you and back you up. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's any making. Uh, they they, they love it. <laughs> there, I suggested bagpipes at at one point. Yeah, and, uh, there was no going for that <laughs> yet. Yet, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So, so I guess, kind of in this context, uh, you know, and I, I want you to feel completely comfortable, um, being a hundred percent, even on, even, even, uh, even if it feels like you have no right to be so confident to say it. Go ahead and be so confident. Who's your biggest fan when it comes to your piping? I. I don't know. <laughs> who do you hope might be a big fan? <laughs> who do you hope is your biggest fan? Or who would you like to be your biggest fan? I don't know. I just do it to have fun. Well, that's important. I mean, it's, it's probably the most sustainable model, really. Do it because you love it. Has um, if 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 money were no object, do you feel like you would be very motivated to purchase like some of the very finest of bagpipes in the world or do you feel like you get so much joy out of making your own stuff you would just double down on like uh you know printers and and tubing and equipment to keep making your own so i was going to ask if if my unlimited budget uh included 3d printer parts yeah for you it does maybe not for okay. everybody but for you it does <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely get a, a 3D printer, probably yeah. a Delta style like like uh, Davy yeah. has. Um, but yes, I would buy professional uh, bagpipes because those C pipes that I made they work mostly, mm. but the drones are finicky, and right. so I mean that's on the list of I need to figure out if it's reeds or bore sizes or or yeah. what exactly it is making those be so finicky but those, yeah i would i would get 
probably a carbony Celtic Highland pipes this is, in this either B flat or A. I'm gonna yeah. these off and get a chair. That um, that track you sent him for way too twags, uh, fifty thousand uh celebration episodes sounded really good. Um, of course, if stuff was finicky, then you know it would have. You know that, but I just got to hear the finished product, and I was just like, "Dang, these sound so good!" Yeah, and border pipes too. Um, mm. The the Swain border pipes, yeah, that, that Jeremy has, those are nice. Yeah. Did you did um, you did you see the? Have you seen some of the videos of him doing the the neck controlled regulators on those drums? Yes. Those are that's <laughs> such a cool thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I sh- I should have been excited about border pipes already, and I kind of was, but that was the main thing that kind of made me go, ah, frick, I, I guess I'm really going to need to get a set of these someday. <laughs> that guy, though, he, he makes he makes playing bagpipes look easy. Did, did you see him recently picking up Northumbrian pipes? He put a yeah. couple of it, and he, he, he puts out this video, and he's like, Please excuse the mistakes. This is the first time I've ever touched a set of Northumbrian pipes. And then immediately just like shreds like he grew up in Northumberland. Like just, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds like a legit pro. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Pretty amazing. I'm looking forward to, to meeting Jeremy. Oh, yeah. The, he's going to be at the Piper's Gathering this year. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm so jealous. That's awesome. So so then who who are you listening to these days? Of course you're listening to Breach at the with that the Carry Them With Us track that we opened with, up with. She's got that on her on her new album. Um mm-hmm. who who else do you like listening to? T- are the Tannehill Weavers still a big deal for you? Uh once in a while, yeah. I've got some Tannehill Weavers on my on my streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um uh more Ilan pipes these days. Mm. Mostly YouTube stuff. Oh, for sure. Random, yeah. random people who have put stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, how does that? Um, is that kind of the the sort of goal, or sort of like next kind of where the energy is right now for your own playing as well? Are you feeling uh, really into? Uh, developing the illin pipe not only playing but also um you know parts printing and stuff like that too some yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm in a grade four competition band we haven't we haven't competed yet but um so that's that's taken up a lot of my energy for the summer the the chicago games are like as you and i are recording i think aren't the chicago games happening yeah. like right now like today yeah Yep, I think so. Mm. But uh, you're further away from Chicago now, of course. Yeah, I'm all the way in Connecticut. That'd yeah. be. Uh, Which again, from yeah, my from my way. ignorant my ignorant uh, Mountain West uh, brain, right? It's basically like eh, everything east of the Mississippi is this is like the same thing. So <laughs> you're you're like a stone's throw from Chicago and also Tampa, you know, in my yeah. <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> The the culture in New England is not to travel very far. Mm, mm. Like a half hour drive is a lot of times just too far. <laughs> and like my wife and I drove over a half hour to go to dinner last night. So yeah, it's a it's a different it's a different thing. <laughs> now you, you get out in Chicago and and it's a little more a little further that that uh 
people are willing to go. Yeah. Have you ever felt drawn toward uh, toward percussion? Maybe joining the fourth grader there, picking up some sticks or hand drums or anything like that. The back eight years ago, the band was short on drummers, so for a few years, I was a snare drummer mm. doing parades. That's not, I'd really like to learn snare drumming. I, I keep saying I'm gonna do it. I've got my. I literally have a pad and sticks on my work desk, like right now, just so that I would play them but you know i always procrastinate everything do you feel like the snare drumming for a while had a any kind of effect on how you play pipes especially highland pipes uh, maybe um mm. and under at least being able to hear the snare drum part mm-hmm. before i played it i was like they're they're doing something over there mm. i don't know have you ever soloed on snare drum no and I've actually never soloed on bagpipes either. For oh, really? Mm. I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. You know, that's that's totally fine, of course. I just, uh, a lot of times, uh, well, and maybe this is an assumption on my part. It just seems like, I, I would have assumed that like a lot of times somebody, especially if they're playing up into grade four and stuff like that, and having gone to the worlds and everything, um, it's your your proof that one does not have to solo in order to participate in a competitive band. That's great. Yeah. We'll we'll see if that plays out uh, how how I do this year. Mm. Cuz right when I started out, I was playing with a grade 5 and and we broke into grade 4 a little bit with Tunes of Glory. Mm-hmm. Um but then I haven't been to a competition since. So, yeah. See see how this goes this year. So are are you kind of dusting the Highland pipes off right now? Like, had you taken a bit of a hiatus, or has your playing on them been consistent uh, all throughout? I I took a hiatus in West Virginia mm-hmm. and focused on small pipes for you know between two thousand three and two thousand nine ish, um. And then when I got to Connecticut, there I, I got with uh, a band here who who played mostly parades, but then um, they also went to Europe and played mm. in in tattoos. Um, Bruce, who you have interviewed, I I went to 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 Switzerland. Oh. With Bruce. Oh, gotcha. Oh, super cool. The, um, so that was that was very cool. Yeah, that, um, was that a one-time trip, or did that happen a couple of times? So I went with the band twice to two different tattoos. They they went to the the Basel tattoo twice, but I didn't didn't go the first time. You you you're painting a picture for for somebody who lives in uh in New England where the culture is to not travel too far. You're painting a picture of a pretty well traveled guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, the New England don't travel too far is is you know by car, right, right, get, right, to yeah. get to to get to a restaurant, day trips kind but, of thing, right. But the it sounds also like a lot of your travel has been very bagpipe uh, focused. Have you uh, have you had absolutely. cause to travel otherwise, or has that been the case? Um, the bagpipes have taken me. Uh, I I took my my wife in 2013 to Switzerland. Mm. to one of the tattoos and she had she had a great time you know just seeing the sights around uh 
St. Gallen while I was practicing and, and mm. playing in the in the shows. And then we took we we stayed and and took a train to um to London mm. and toured around. So so bagpipes got me the the plane ticket to to get to Europe, and and then I took the advantage of touring around while I was there. Yeah. Did you climb so, some of those classic Swiss 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 Alps or anything like that? Yeah, we took we took a trip um, with a, a cable car. Yeah. Up. And uh, sort of walked down a little bit. We didn't. We didn't do too much hiking, but there was there's cows up there with cowbells, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that is picturesque. <laughs> and my assumption is, of course, when you're when you're on the cable car in Switzerland, there will be just like Toblerones waiting for you on the seat when you climb in, <laughs> like the mint on the pillow at the hotel. Just there's a Toblerone there. Yeah, this was a pretty short one. There weren't any seats. Ah, was, oh, standing only. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the security of sitting down. <laughs> well, we were packed in there, so there wasn't any moving around. Yeah, yeah. Which may be more terrifying. Maybe even worse. Yeah. How heavy does the cable car get? <laughs> uh, the um the 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 experience of playing with others. In like, especially in in not just in those tattoos, but also in the competitive scene and stuff like that. Versus the experience of like experimenting and playing on your own. Um, do you feel like both of these things maybe like, you know, I don't know, feed your soul in different ways? Or do you feel like maybe do you have a personality or disposition that kind of makes you prefer one over the other? Um, different seasons for different things? What? How do you feel about the differences between those two ways of playing? It's definitely been nice to to be able to sit in my basement and, and mess around mm. and then share some of it with... Uh, others through various social media stuff yeah uh but the best experience i've had with bagpipes is the the basil tattoo uh, we were rehearsing and playing something with all of the brass bands and all the the pipe mm-hmm. bands and the conductor up front and we got done and the conductor was you know visibly happy about our our performance mm-hmm. and that that's just just great first to be in a performance that would make a conductor happy and then mm-hmm. to see you know this guy who's in charge of the whole thing um happy with the performance yeah it's good stuff yeah so oh, go ahead. when i was in west virginia um there was a weekly irish music session mm. in morgantown that i played and so that was that was a lot of practice on, on bellows technique and and just getting reps in, mm. and that was a lot of fun too. Did, were you getting the ill enchanter out for that? No, maybe once. Yeah. What about no. uh, like whistles and flutes? I, I know I've seen you do a little whistling and fluting around. Yeah, I just got a well, not just. A couple months ago, I got a, uh, a somebody posted on the whistle and bagpipe making group on Facebook a an Irish flute, a simple system Irish flute. 
Oh, I think I already know the one you're talking about. I have the file set sitting on my computer right now because I wanted one too. It like looks really cool. It was kind of like yeah, a so bluish color got... that they printed it in. Yeah. I'm colorblind. I shouldn't say what color I thought it was, actually. Blue or purple or maybe green. <laughs> right, yeah. It's got the square rectangle yes. holes. So I got I got that and I printed it and I've been playing around with that. Actually playing one of the Irish polkas that I learned at the session. Mm. And it it plays on the Irish flute a whole lot better than it plays either on Ill Enchanter or uh in small pipe Jenner. Interesting. It adds more right. fuel to this thing that I feel like I keep getting hints at it from from various Illum pipers and small pipers alike, and and also like whistlers, like tin, you know tin whistlers too. They're like it seems like everybody who ever does try the flute kind of really loves playing the flute, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it kind of makes me go, geez, maybe maybe I should figure out how to do that embouchure thing. It sounds like there's something cool going on over there. <laughs> I've I've been interested in flutes for quite a while too. I yeah. I made PVC flute or two in college. Mm. So trying to trying to make the I mean you got your amateur that that you have to shape the air, but you also have to shape the physical part on the flute to be able to take that and make music yeah. out of it. So so Benjamin, what do you think like what do you think drew you in initially and what keeps you here when it comes to the music itself? Like, is it, is it rhythmic idiom? Is it, is it melody lines? Is it the drones? Is there something about the drones? Like what, and maybe it's all these things together, of course, but I guess what maybe comes to mind first, you know, as far as like, why do you like this kind of music? Since I've been messing around with making drones, uh, it's definitely I've realized the drones hmm. and and bridges music with with the all of the different you know sounds going on. Yeah, is I I've I've not been ever thrilled with um, finger pyrotechnics hmm. playing too fast is hmm. is not my thing. Uh, but definitely drones and playing that double bass drone at 55 hertz. Yeah. You, know, you, you hear things about, um, or I have anyway, about uh, cats purring. Yep, yep. And 55 hertz is right in the range of cats purring and, <laughs> and how what, what benefits they get from purring. And so it's kind of like my my cat that I don't have to feed. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. That's so cool, Ben Benjamin. Because I could, I can imagine, like I, I've never played a drone that low, right? But just like within like this, like standard, typical uh, a, what do what do small pipes use? Is that the A three that a bass drone would usually play on? Like the uh, standard two A two is the bass drone on a small pipe. So I've had that that little rumble next to my chest, you know. And so I'm just imagining what it would feel like to have an even lower, and it when you say that like that's a a a visceral like experience memory feeling that comes to my mind because of having had i had one cat in particular when i was a kid for like 12 years um that was like very affectionate and like i went to sleep every night with her laying on my chest purring you know like that was how i fell asleep every night for the first 12 years of my life 
And so like, I can, I know the magic you're talking about. There's something about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That or it's resonating with the, with the frequencies coming from a black hole in Ursa Minor or something like that. There's something going on, right? <laughs> the, if you, if you play an E baritone mm-hmm. with, with the A um, tenor and bass, it, and you stick a tuner on there that tells you what frequency. Mm. Oftentimes, with those three going together, it reads 55 hertz on the tuner. Oh, interesting. So there's some kind of like complementary harmonic thing going on there, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Now, but what about the key of C? Is that taking over? I'm not I'm not as tapped into the illin piping scene. Is it taking over in illin piping the same way it is in small piping at present? Um, flat channers are definitely a thing, but I, 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 I don't really know. Mm. Um, but I think most are still playing D concert yeah. pitch. Gotcha. So do you have, and I don't, I'm not trying to put you under any kind of pressure to make declarations right now or anything, of course, but do you have any kind of, um, intention or even openness to potential like, uh, commercial, uh, exploits in future like as you as you hone in on like uh repeatable designs for like a double a bass drone for example you know there's people like i know there's at least one here out here i am i'm i'm a serious potential customer here waiting to send you money for something like that so has that crossed your mind already or is that not Um, i'm not interested in in commercial endeavors and making pipes there if if enough of us if enough of us just start sending you money could we convince you eventually (laughs) if if there are a few that uh want then i might i might consider but i no I'm going to start some kind of online uh uh, petition or something to get you signatures rounded up There, there are plenty of people who are professionals making bagpipes that will make a double bass drone. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about, um, but what about like just other experiments for yourself? Are you already dreaming up like which other pitches and stuff like that you're going to, would make a, would make a magical drone setup? Um, I'm going to try, um. <clears throat> the Illin D bass drone uh, in my A small pipes, yeah, and and playing tunes in D. Mm-hmm. See what that's like. Now, now speaking of Illin pipes, I I I apologize. I meant to bring this up before. Let's play that track here. I'll stick it in post. The uh, going home, um, and tell me about this chanter that you that you're playing in this track.
Facebook group. Got wind of a of Chanter model and found it on on Thingiverse. Printed it out and used my David Day read and worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sounds nice. It's a lot lighter than the epoxy and brass tube chanter that I got from David Day, mm-hmm. which I like. I also the mechanics of bagpipes is interesting. Trying to work out how to do um, a drone switch was yeah. interesting. Yeah, I saw that that you you built a, a drone switch into one of your common stocks. That's super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I've always been jealous of people who have that option to turn their drones on and off. <laughs> Uh-huh. But it's I also pretty standard like, in Allen pipes, so I, I figured I'd have I, to do it. I I also know that there are some makers, at least, who like you have to give up a drone if you want to add in a switch, you know, to to uh to make room for the switch apparatus. There can't be quite as many drones, and that always feels mm-hmm. to me like, well, you can't. This is like a Solomon's baby situation, you know. I can't can't go picking between a drone switch and another drone, you know. I know I want both. <laughs> can't I have my my drone and play it too? <laughs> What about the didgeridoo? Did you play it before you printed one? Or was that, um, you know, your first didgeridoo was the one you made? Um, I made a PVC didgeridoo a long time ago and, and played it and learned how to circular breathe with it. I can't can't circular breathe with a practice channel, but I can with a didgeridoo. That's interesting. I've, I, I personally feel like it's even harder with a didgeridoo than it is with the practice channel. D- d- different people, of course, you know, but that's I find that impressive that you can do it with a digit, not not as practice channel. I spent I spent a lot of time making PVC didgeridoos as a as a teenager myself. So it's a a a, a a craft that's that's close to my heart. <laughs> yeah. the The bore size of this printed didgeridoo is quite a bit smaller than any of the PVC didgeridoos I made. Oh, does that do you feel like that gives you better back pressure? It didn't feel really any different hmm. playing. Hmm. Now, um, tell tell me about uh, that. Is is meditation on breathing? Is that is that like a is it reasonable for me to re- refer to this other track by that title, or is that was that sure. kind of like a working? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so tell me tell me about that. And actually, but before you do, Ben, uh, just to kind of like steer us kind of toward that kind of graceful fade into that track. Um, anything else you want to talk about first? Let's, let's kind of work our way toward telling me about meditation on breathing. So playing, playing for people is always nice. And, um, this is the first time that I played for anybody to sing and, and with, In a in a setting where it's not bagpipes, you know, I'm just I'm an mm-hmm. instrument that is helping for uh, singing. Yeah, that's not a role many of us, of us pipers ever <laughs> have any reason to be in, just because we're usually so loud and and brash and right out there in the front. Yeah. So working up to to playing um, the the sort of director, uh, for lack of a better term, um, 
worked out what to play and sent me some music and it was written in C mm. and we we're going to play it in C. So obviously I used my C small pipes. Um, there was also, you know, you've got the melody line and then you've got a sort of a bass line and there was a drone written in two octaves of C mm. on, on the bass line. So I'm like, Wow. Okay, that that goes right into bagpipes. Yeah, I've, I've got got that drone right here. Droning. That's what I do. <laughs> so like I thought that thing. was that was pretty cool. 